is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. Now, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Let's put on the show. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome to, let me guess, just to get this right, where are we? Series 2, episode 22. We've made it this far. All the twos. All the twos, and I would say there is just the two of us today, because uh, Nick's uh, have, having taxi problems getting to the bar. Um, <laughs> but it isn't. So, uh, gentlemen. Escape taxis, you can't depend on them. I know. I, I've done the same as I did last show again. Anyway, I'm Paul. And I am Paul D, the other one, the Scottish one. Uh, and joining us in the mouse's head tonight, Seth Kaberski. Have I pronounced that right? Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on, Pauls. <laughs> it's, Very we, welcome. We, yeah, we do that deliberately to make life easier for people. We, we, <laughs> we realise the problem that, you know, you, you are American, so uh, Nick has deliberately not turned up, so you just have to remember one thing. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much easier on my poor little American brain. Thank you so much. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Uh, gentlemen, anyway, welcome to the Mouse's Head. Uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I, uh, I'm representing my country with a delicious Yingling lager. Uh, it is America's oldest brewery, founded in 1829. Oh. And it's, uh, it's nice, crisp, uh, you know, not too hoppy, very drinkable beer. Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect Sunday afternoon sitting, uh, sitting around beer. That'll do the job. Mr. D. Sounds good. I had a couple of beers earlier watching the, the golf. Congratulations, Rory McIlroy. Um, so I've now switched now. It's pretty hot and humid here. So I'm having a Pirates of the Caribbean themed rum and coke. Nice. Yeah. Very nice choice. Well, unfortunately, I'm playing designated driver tonight because um, I've got to finish recording the podcast and then at some point after that, get on a taxi to get to an airport. <sighs> so that's busy. Um, not a problem because mm-hmm. I'm on orange squash. Mm. It's, it's a traditional... Um, orange squash drink name and, and the Disney theme is there is an orange bird. That's it. That's as close as I'm actually going to get. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but should anyone want to like whine at me and say that I'm not drinking and I'm not entering the spirit of things, how do they do that? Well, they can find us on our website www.disafterdark.com. Uh, they can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. We're at on Twitter, at DizAfterDark, facebook.com forward slash DizAfterDark, and you can also find us on MaceChat.com. Nicely filled in for the missing Nick there. Yeah, what a team. Yeah, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, you can find us just about anywhere. Mr. Kaberski. Yes. Where can people find you? 
Um, well, they can usually find me uh, wandering around Universal Orlando. Uh, but if you don't want to meet me in person, uh, you can start with my Twitter account, which is at Skuberski. That's S-K-U-B-E-R-S-K-Y. Uh, you can read me every week in the Orlando Weekly newspaper, and that's orlandoweekly.com. And you can also read my blogs at touringplans.com. Uh, and I write for the Unofficial Guide series. So the Unofficial Guide to Disneyland, the Unofficial Guide to Walt Disney World, uh, and other books in those series. Is, is there an Unofficial Guide to Universal? Um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hey. We, we, we have a book called Beyond Disney, which covers uh, Universal, SeaWorld, and other non-Disney parks. But uh, stay tuned for, for exciting news in the very near future. It's, it's getting big enough to warrant a volume of its own. Mm. More than big enough. <laughs> Another Fantastic. one for the bookshelf. I've got. I've. You. You were heavily involved in the unofficial guide to Disneyland, Seth. Were you not? Yes. Yes. I've been uh, writing those that series since uh, 2010, 2011. Ah, right. We were there in 2008. I have that edition. Excellent. And I've got a couple of the WW, you know, Walt Disney World ones as well. Yeah. The uh, the latest edition of Walt Disney World has gone off to the printer and. Should be in bookstores uh, in a matter of uh, months or weeks, and uh, you'll find a whole new section on Universal and uh, Diagon Alley and the Wizarding World in there that I worked on. Excellent. So I, I have a feeling that even though Jim Hill has uh, has done his bit, this is going to be a fairly Universal centric cast. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, I I I'm a Disney fan too. I came to Orlando originally because I was a Disney fan. Um, but uh, I spend the majority of my time at, at Universal. But, you know, if you want to talk about the Holy Land experience, I can tell you the best places to drink there. Um, <laughs> the parking lot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should try and get an entire show about that. I wonder if he'd realize you were taking the Mickey. I th yeah, I think that'd be dangerous. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, t taking the Mickey is not a Disney reference. It's just a common <laughs> way of saying what I wanted to say. <laughs> One of those British colloquialisms. There's That's no it. point. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently I'll get a tag on the for saying taking the piss. Uh. <laughs> a view of the news with this after dark. And, okay, so what has tickled the news fancies this week? Oh, okay. D, have you noticed anything? Yeah, there's quite a few things going on. Um, so let's see. Um, one, this one was more of a rumor, unless unless somebody knows any differently. But it seems to be um, picking up momentum that Soren is going to be expanded. Um, I believe they're looking at. I think there's two theaters right now, and they're talking about a third theater, or there's certainly rumors about a third theater. And I think there's some signs of some prep work being done, um, and that that may be the rumor to be Soren. I think it's soaring around the world. Um, that's being that's being rumoured. You guys picked up on any of that? I I have heard of a helicopter with some sort of nine eyes camera being flown above Disneyland Paris. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they filmed over Disneyland in California uh, some months back. Um, so yeah, they they've definitely been working on it. From what I hear, each different location where it's installed will have its own finale uh and then the, the majority of the show will be the same I, I wouldn't expect it to open here until after it premieres in shanghai because i think it'll be exclusive to shanghai for a short period of time 
But I know that uh, plans for a, a third theater go way back to when they first built Soaring in Epcot. And uh, the rumor that I had heard is that uh, Paul Pressler, I believe, uh, who was in charge of the parks at the time, nixed the budget for the third theater. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it, it was always uh, it was always in the plans. And uh, Lord knows they could use the capacity there because there isn't much else to do at Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, um, still open for Norway to be a, a bit more frozen. So, mm. yeah, I, look, watch this space. That isn't even a rumor I've heard, but I'm just going to say watch this space because then I can go. Yeah, I was right. No, there was a uh, a news report going around on uh, Norwegian television. You can find it on YouTube with English captioning. Uh, and the the Norwegians apparently are not pleased about their pavilion being turned into frozen. No. Mm. Oh. Okay. I would have said possibly that would have been okay, but I guess Arendelle isn't Norway, so I don't know. I don't know. Ah, dear. But Frozen well, seems to be seems to be doing pretty well. I think all the Frozen Summer Fun premium packages are now sold out um, at Hollywood Studios. So just again, just shows the popularity of Frozen in the parks. Yeah, from what I hear, that entire project was put together in less than a fortnight. Uh, which kind of makes you think, you know, what could they have done if they had really planned? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it seems to be bringing in the money. Yeah. So that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it, does. But being a Brit, uh, Paul, you, you'll understand this one. I, I don't understand it. Blizzard Beach uh, apparently closed because it reached capacity. Uh, it's recently reopened again. Mm-hmm. But the headline read, beautiful weather in central Florida has brought the crowds to the water parks. Is, is there ever a time when it isn't beautiful weather in between the bits of rain you have? <laughs> well, what, I, I, what, makes I, a, uh, what makes a central Floridian go, tell you what, it's a little bit overcast up there. I think I'll not go to a water park. <laughs> well, you know, lightning and wave pools don't mix very well. And uh, <laughs> we've had some really, really terrible thunderstorms coming through the last uh, couple of weeks here. Um, you know, really torrential wrath of god sort of storms coming through on a, a daily basis um but uh yeah no our, i mean our weather goes from um, stinking hot and humid to uh overcast and humid to slightly chilly and humid um to wide range <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't know i don't know how, how are the storms looking for this season is it, is it a particularly bad start to the season um i don't in terms of uh Hurricanes, I don't think we're doing too bad so far, but the, the season it really kicks into gear coming up. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, from everything that we've heard with global warming or global climate change, uh, it, it's going to get better, uh, worse before it ever gets better. Oh, dear, dear. Yeah. Luckily, uh, Orlando is inland so that when the seas rise and wipe out Miami, we'll, we'll have a nice beachfront property. <laughs> and lots of people from Miami moving up <laughs> but you can't have it all your own way uh, yes um, oh, there's some, photo- some latest release photographs of the uh, the parking lot going up at Disney Springs yeah I saw this yeah. again exciting news <laughs> look <laughs> yeah. a car park being edgy built edgy seat stuff <laughs> yeah as, as a big <laughs> Disney fan should we really be getting this enthusiastic about oh look a car park Anything that improves the parking situation at downtown Disney is cause for celebration. Uh, most yeah. locals stay as far away from there as we can because it's just so miserable 
uh, finding a spot. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the construction is pretty ugly. Trying to drive around that area can be a little hairy right now. Yes, time to uh, time to stay on property and get the transportation. Yeah, but uh, as long as you're not stuck on the monorail and have to be evacuated by the uh, fire department. Yeah, oh, that's those, that's yeah. those lightning storms again. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. heard that. There was um, some some woman made a nine one one call, didn't she? Was, did that oh, hit I'm the news? sure. Here, here, people call nine one one for anything. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, we, we've been stuck on here for an hour, and they haven't told us anything, and there's no water and no air conditioning, and it's too hot. And the real emergency is that the recorded message in in yeah. all different languages is playing non-stop. Yeah. Driving is crazy. Get us out of here <laughs> quick. Por favor, mantenganse dejado las puertas. Over and over and over. It's when it seeks in through osmosis and they get off and they're speaking 100% pure Portuguese. How did we get that? How did that happen? Where in the park? Can I get away with that as a Disney-themed beer? A nice bottle of Sagresh. What's the theme? It's just the Portuguese. Ah, oh, dear, dear. What else has been going on? There's got to be some other stuff. Um, so, yeah, Haunted Mansion special in development at Disney Television Animation. Picked yeah. up oh, one. really? Is This yeah. is separate from the Guillermo del Toro film mm. that he's been working on? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, so, special for Disney Channel and Disney XD. And children's book illustrator, Gris Grimley, of Gris Grimley's Wicked Nursery Rhymes, is attached to the project. Oh, so, so technically Gris Grimley's ghosts are coming out. To... Gris Grimley's grinning ghosts. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's fantastic. <sighs> Dear. So yeah, I thought that was strange given that the, there's there's going to be another movie. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's coming back for the second one, isn't he? That's right, isn't it? Oh, dear Lord, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he appears in a cameo in the first two minutes and the hat yeah. box ghost comes out and decapitates him. <laughs> oh, I, I do to... hear that they're looking at uh, Doug Jones to play the Hatbox Ghost, and uh, yeah, he's done amazing, amazing work. Uh, he was in the Hellboy films and uh, and Pan, um, Pan's Labyrinth. So that yeah. that's at least a good piece of casting there. Yeah. <sighs> Dear, I, 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 I'm breaking news today, but I don't. I'm, I'm hunting for a Disney reference to it, so I can get away with saying it. But I know um, Soap Dish would be. Uh, We'll be mentioning it because uh, it's. But Jim, uh, Jim Rockford, James Garner. Yeah, I, he he must have done something, but it's a very long career. We did lots, didn't he, James Garner? Well, obviously the Rockford Files. Yeah, and mm. and he was the original um, Maverick. Mm hmm. Uh, so uh, that was set on board a riverboat. That's kind of. <laughs> I can't get away with that one, can I? Ah, <laughs> uh, he must have done something for Disney, but someone tell us. Oh yeah, someone tell us because we don't know. Um, Quick, IMDb. I, yeah. I I am, but it doesn't say the. Uh, <laughs> I, no, actually, I'm not at all. I, I don't have access to a computer here in the pub. No, don't, <laughs> well, you could bring your laptop to the pub, but nah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Don't do that. Leave no. it at home. S Smartphones <laughs> haven't made it across the pond yet. They might have done. Now I'm getting away with it. I thought We're destroying I got the illusion. Uh, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, was that? A, was that one? Um, yeah. Was that the uh, the Disney animated Atlantis movie that no one saw? It, it might That's be. The one. 
he, he played Disney Atlantis. Yes, Disney's Atlantis. There we mm -hmm. go. We found one. There he, we go. We got a connection. He, he, he did the voice for one of the... Now you don't have to edit the segment out. <laughs> yeah, chances of me editing it out. Like, ah, there's, <laughs> there's a good three minutes worth of material that I'll leave in. Um, uh, Microsoft's new Kinect. Disney are one of the early adopters. I don't know what game they're using it for, but they are. Well, they were using it for the new Planes game. So you can essentially stand in front of your TV, stick your arms out like you're flying, like you are a plane, and the Kinect sensor will pick that up. You can you can fly the plane based on the new, is it Fire and Rescue, the new yeah. Disney Planes movie that's in cinemas this week? Oh, I want to do that with a drink in one hand. <laughs> they have uh, something similar to that at uh, Disneyland in California Interventions. They have a uh, Iron Man display where you, you stand on a, a sensor and uh, you can fly around an Iron Man suit on the screen. Oh, where's that? That'd be cool. Where am I? I'm looking for that. Where's that? That's in uh, Interventions at Disneyland in California. <sighs> they've, they've also got a uh, Thor and Captain America meet and greet. A Thor meet and greet? Okay. Yes. That should be interesting. Mm -hmm. I'd have to keep be, have because because we we all know that uh, ancient mythological gods <laughs> like to do nothing better than hang out in a theme park and greet seven year olds all day. <laughs> if he looks anything like Chris Hemsworth, I'm not taking my wife. <laughs> she's 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 a fan. Ah dear, yeah. Is that if, only we, if only we knew somebody that was going to Disneyland anytime soon. Oh, well, there's there's always Michelle. Yeah, from uh, the Disney Dreamgirls. Yeah. Um, I, I, on the other hand, have just wangled another works trip to, uh, to the states. So, if anyone happens, you mean to it be, was you mean it was forced upon you, Paul? It, it was forced upon me by me badgering my boss to let me go. Um, so, if anyone happens to be in either of the Disneyland or California Adventure parks on Sunday the third, look out for a Diz After Dark T-shirt. Which I've still got to post to everyone else. I'm so lazy. <laughs> ah, dear. Is that it? Have we got enough news now? Anyone else? Uh, did have one other one. Go on. If you're a cruise Disney Cruise Line fan, yeah. they're going to bring Halloween to um, to the cruises. So there's going to be a in 2014 Halloween on the high seas, Ooh. and you're going to have a whole variety of different activities, including a like a you know they do like the pirates. Night, yeah. which is fancy dress. Well, there's going to be a Halloween themed one, Mickey's Mouse Carade Party, where you can dress up, and they're going to have the ship's going to be decorated. Um, it's going to be a lot of a lot of Halloween themed stuff, and there's going to be a um, a Jack and Sally meet and greet as well, Nightmare Before Christmas, Sing and Scream, an interactive movie experience where guests are part of the action, followed by a meet and greet with Jack Skellington and Sally. That wow. sounds quite fun. Wow, on board a ship. On a ship. If they're cruising around the European, are they going to take the uh, the Disneyland Paris and paint everything orange? Because <laughs> it'd look like an easy cruise then, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mistake that one. I've got an easy jet cruise. It's not like this. Ah, dear, oh dear. Anyway. Um, right. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that'll do for the news. <sighs> I can't be bothered with anymore. Um, Seth... Yes, you're up. We need my turn. Yeah, we need some listeners to uh, find out who you are, where you're from, and uh, 
Yeah. The ones that don't already know you from every other podcast. We've heard you on. Right. I've been doing the rounds lately. Um, well, I, I'm a journalist. I live in Orlando. I've been here since 1996. Uh, I worked for Universal uh, when I first got down here on everything from the Terminator show and the old Ghostbusters show to the Barney attraction um, to Halloween Horror Nights and Mardi Gras. When you say uh, worked, were you uh, one of the... Uh... So I was... Uh, I started as uh, in technical entertainment. Uh, I was basically a stage technician uh, running lights and sound and effects okay. for the various shows. And then I moved on to be a supervisor in what they call entertainment production. Uh, and those are the folks that put together all of the special events, whether they're corporate after-hours events or the uh, Christmas events, um, you know, parties uh, and things like the Halloween. So... I um, supervised talent for the Mardi Gras parade. I stage managed uh, a couple haunted houses, um, put together uh, special events for uh, New Year's Eve, that kind of thing. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, after working for Universal for a number of years, I then uh, spent some time uh, doing a very boring uh, IT job for the local government um, and started uh, writing for uh, local newspapers and websites. Um, I've written for Jim Hill. Uh, I wrote a, a book series for Intrepid Traveler uh, about uh, Universal Orlando. Uh, I worked on that for many years. And uh, I also cover the theme parks and also various kinds of arts and entertainment for the Orlando Weekly newspaper. Blimey. I think that about Great, covers yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's, that's been around theme parks long enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, so I hope so. <laughs> My wife thinks it's more than long enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you still want to go back there as a hobby? Uh, you know, it, it, at this point, it's more of a, a career than a hobby. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, there are worse ways uh, that you can earn a living. That's there are much worse oh, ways. Yeah. And I, I will say that um, after years of being the people, one of the people who put together the red carpet media events for the VIPs, it's much nicer... Uh, being the one walking down the red carpet and eating the free food than the person rolling out the red carpet and having to set it up. Yeah. So, uh, you must have some nice stories. Are, are you actually allowed, or do they make you sign some sort of NDA once you leave, of what went on behind the scenes as a, uh, as a team oh, member? Uh, as a team member, you know, I, I wish there were really gory stories to tell... Um, most of them are just uh, stupid things that I did uh, <laughs> that I'm not too proud of. Um, it's it's a honestly it's a job like any other. Um, when I I first got there, uh, I started out on the Ghostbusters show just shortly before it closed, um, so I got to be part of the closing crew of that. And uh, and that you know I don't know if you guys ever got to experience the uh, the Ghostbusters attraction, but that's yep. one that still lives on in my heart. Um, there are just some fantastic effects, and there there are a great bunch of people. Um, a, a lot of those those people, uh, you know, went on to to stay in the parks and and rose up to high positions after after starting as Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I miss those early days of the park when uh, I would take my lunch break and ride Confrontation or Jaws or Back to the Future uh, over and over again. Um, I was I was really a fan and an employee at the same time. Um, but, uh, you know, at a certain point, uh, any job you burn out on, the, no matter what you're doing, how much you like it, there's, yeah. there's long, hard hours. Um, and, uh, you know, I was glad to take a break from the place when I did. Um, 
but uh, it, it's it's definitely different coming back, uh, seeing it from the perspective of a guest after you've been backstage. Uh, you know, something like the Terminator show, I, I can never get lost in that. Uh, you know, after 40 shows a day sitting in the booth watching it, um, I know every every word by heart and uh, all I see are the flaws. All I see is uh, a light that's burnt out or a, an effect that isn't quite working. I can't really just get lost in it uh, like I did mm. as a guest. Yeah. yeah. But, but the newer ones that have been built since yeah, now you can just report on them. Well, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by uh, both, you know, how they work as entertainment and as engineering. You know, I, I've been on the Gringotts ride about 10 times now. And I, I made a point of going through without the glasses on, um, which, you know, uh, if you're standing there in line for four to seven hours, uh, I do not recommend <laughs> riding it without the glasses yeah. on. You're not getting your, your money's worth. Um, but after you've been on it a few times, uh, you know, being able to take your glasses off and, and look around you and see how it all works is, uh, you know, that side of it is still fascinating to me. I haven't been evacuated off the ride yet, but I'm almost looking forward to it just to get a backstage yeah. tour. Yeah, it seems to be it seems to be a few reports of of reliability problems. How how much of an issue do you think that is, Seth? Um, I you know I, I think that in a perfect world they would have had a lot more time to soft open that ride and and work on the test and adjust phase. Uh, the first time I rode it was during media week and there were only three cars running, mm -hmm. uh, which you know it's a good thing there were only a few people there. Unfortunately, I got a very clean ride uh, uh, my first try, uh, and then it crashed uh with helena bonham carter and tim burton and their family uh in a car a couple behind me and uh when i saw her at the press conference the next morning she was not a happy camper no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> however uh, my wife got to chat with tim burton and uh he was he's really delightful uh, mm -hmm. he, he was just kind of like a kid in the candy store having fun with the interactive effects uh I, I believe what he said to my wife is well doesn't everyone want to be a witch so <laughs> yeah um but you know gringotts has definitely gotten better uh the last time i was there they were up to running five cars uh out of a total of nine which they have and mm -hmm. uh i hear that yesterday they had gotten both sides of the loading platform open. Um, when they finally get it up to speed, they'll be able to push about 2,000 people an hour through there, and you'll see yeah. these you know, five and six hour waits disappear. Yeah. Um, but I think for now, the, the, you know, even if they're only pushing 1,000 people an hour, the, the fact that they have five hours, six hours worth of people willing to stand for half of their day, half of their $100 a day ticket yeah. uh, just for that one ride is, is kind of a testament to what they've created there. Mm -hmm. It's a monster. Yeah. So you must still have a lot of contacts and friends in Universal. I mean, what's the what's the mood like with oh. the success of Potter and the investment that's gone at the parks? I I would say uh, the the two words I can I can ascribe to my friends who work there are uh, the two E's, uh, ecstatic and exhausted. Uh, yeah. Everyone is is really proud of the work that they've done. Um, you know, these are people. A lot of these people work in both Disney and Universal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, it, there's a lot of crossover between the two parks. Yeah. Uh, for for all of the cutthroat competition that the fans like to think there is, the people who actually work there are, are very good friends and go back and forth very freely. Um, yeah. But you know, people, you know, on my fa Facebook feed all the time, I see my friends saying, you know, I had a really great day at work today in Diagon Alley. I'm really proud of the kind of experience that I'm getting to provide to guests. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and the people who are 
you know, the, the wizards uh, in Ollivanders or uh, the actors in the, the stage shows, um, uh, you know, the, the directors, the writers, all of them are just really thrilled at the way people are responding to it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt that there's a lot of hours to go around. Everyone has uh, got nice fat paychecks because they're working their butts off. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bet. That's great. I mean, looking forward to seeing it. We're both Paul and myself are over there in August, and uh, really looking forward to seeing it. Excellent. Uh, you know, I'm, the capacity issues at Gringotts are improving day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the first the first two weeks have been really busy, but I'm already starting to see it slack off a little. Uh, you know, you see first thing in the morning lines hours long uh, of people just to get into the area. Yeah. You know, if if you do, if you're not the first person in the door with the early entry, staying at one of the hotels. Uh, by the time you get to Gringotts, you know, you, even if, if you get there at rope drop, you're, you're going to see a two-hour wait. Right. But by the evening, it's really nice. Uh, after sunset, you can just stroll in. Uh, you know, if you hop into line around 7 o'clock, you'll be out in time for the fireworks. All right. That's good. That's good to know. Ah. I just renewed my uh, subscription to touring plans and checked out the, uh, yeah, checked out the crowd calendar on that. And, and we've got uh, a brand new, we've just published tour, uh, a new one-day touring plan for uh, mm-hmm. Universal Studios Florida. And yeah. we've got brand new uh, one-day and two-day plans that cover both parks that are yeah. going to be published uh, in this week coming up. Um, oh, great. So it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. A lot of people used to consider, uh, you know, Universal and Islands Adventure, oh, you can do them together one day, no problem. Uh, you can't really do that anymore. Uh, yeah. You can hit the highlights in one day, uh, but you're still going to be missing out on a lot. Sure. Yeah. Mm. So, okay, taking all the Harry Potter aside, is, is there much competition for jobs amongst your all, all your friends? Or if someone says comes in in the morning and gets stuck on Doctor Doom's fearful, is, is there a, a, a? I don't know. Is, is there some? jobs going between them or uh, is, is it actually worked on a uh, a rotor system so that one day you might get Gringotts and the next day you'll be fair and you'll be working uh, um, Force Accelerator. In, in terms of operations if you're talking about ride and show yeah. operations the yeah. people who uh, you know push people through the rides those uh, those are typically um, you know done somewhat on a seniority basis uh people who have experience are usually sent to be the opening team on a new ride i know a lot of people who are at gringotts uh trained over at the mummy because they sort of use a a very similar loading pattern um you know generally you'll you'll either have you be home to a particular ride or uh be cross-trained um at rides in a certain area you know if you're if you're over at uh the incredible hulk you might also be cross-trained to dr doom and spider-man um so that you can be sent across and there you know there are similarities uh you know cat in the hat uses a very similar system to men in black Uh, but most of the people that uh, i'm in contact with are in the entertainment department uh, Mm. since that's where i started yeah. Um, and, and in that case, uh, you do have a certain amount of mobility between, uh, the different shows, you know, people might come in as Alani on the disaster show and then audition to, uh, get a role over at the wizarding world. Um, wizarding world Diagon Alley has really, uh, expanded the amount of labor that goes into entertainment because you've got a live actor who's, uh, controlling the shrunken head, uh, that's hanging in the night bus. 
you've mm-hmm. got a live actor who's controlling the animatronic goblin in the money exchange. Um, you've got the casts of the Celestina Warbeck show and the uh, Tales of Beetle the Bard show. Uh, and then you've got all those uh, uh, people inside of Ollivanders. Ollivanders used to only have one shop, and now they've got three with three wizards going simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've, they've really, uh, you know, they've, they've brought in a lot of new people. They've had a lot of auditions. Um, and Universal is, is, does a pretty good job of constantly refreshing their entertainment. They just, uh, earlier this year, completely recast and. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably they advertise for those positions in the Daily Profit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, nope. What? Hang on. Hello, I got uh, booted off. I'm, that's all right. You're back. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard? And I'll back up and try to uh, make it uh, editable. I, I think. Um, I, I, I just asked you that I, I presume that all of those positions were advertised in the Daily Profit. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and the quibbler. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know, there is a if you Google, there's a website for Universal auditions, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you've ever thought, hey, maybe I'll uh, move across the planet and uh, get a job as a, a wizard, they can certainly use people with authentic British accents. So mm-hmm. uh, keep an eye out for their auditions. Yeah, I, I, I've seen myself in a mirror first thing in the morning when I get up. So uh, if they want anyone to play Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> you you could have a home in Nocturne Alley as yeah. one of the Death Eaters. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, I God. So you're a Disney fan as well? Oh sure, sure. I mean, I I as a kid, uh, you know, long before Universal opened, um, my my parents I think the first time they brought me down here, I was probably four years old, and we would come back every four years or so, uh, mm. you know, for a, for a summer vacation. And when I couldn't be at Disney, I would uh, collect the unofficial guides and uh, make touring plans um, <laughs> that I would never get to use and uh, go to the library and check out books about Disney. Yeah. So, and, and the next bit, the, the modern version of that is some poor kid somewhere in northern Illinois downloading an app with a countdown and just making up a holiday date. Exactly, exactly. Yes. You got a dream, you got a dream. I'm doing my double digit dance <laughs> on a made up holiday, yeah. So how did you how did your connection with the unofficial guide start, and Seth? Um, you know, it it I owe it all to Twitter. Um, uh-huh. It was back in 2010 when the Wizarding World, uh, the first phase, Hogsmeade was about to open, and uh, Bob Selinger, who is the author of the uh, guide, his publicist uh, was on Twitter asking if anyone wanted to interview Bob about Harry Potter. And I said, well, you know, I, I've actually uh, been there every day since the first soft opening, and I pretty much know everything about it. But I'd just like to talk to Bob because I love his books. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wound up having a, a really nice uh, dinner over sushi. And uh, at the end of it, he asked me if I wanted to uh, help work on the series. So uh, it was a, a very, uh, very lucky little bit of, I don't know, kismet, karma, yeah. some K word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really been a great few years working. It's uh, Bob and and Len Testa, who's the other co-author and, and runs touringplans.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really great team. Yeah. A question that got asked when uh, we were talking to Jim Hill, uh, mm-hmm. and no one's answered yet. The wands for the uh, the interactive, and I'm going to call it Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, just to wind, <laughs> j- just to wind people up. Um, are they the same? Are they available in a a wand design like the replicas or are okay. they a standalone wand 
So the interactive wands are available in the, I believe there are 13, they're called the Ollivander's Originals. They're based on a Celtic Zodiac, or they claim to be based on a Celtic Zodiac. Um, So those are are the wands that were previously available in non-interactive versions, uh, but they're now interactive. They've gotten rid of the non-interactive ones. They've redesigned them slightly. Some of them look pretty much identical. Uh, Some of them, uh, I have the Ivy one. Uh, the new version has the same basic shape, but uh, has a lot more detail, some gold filigree, uh, just refined the design a little. Um, so it's available in those styles, and then you can also get them uh, in Harry Potter, Dumbledore, or Hermione's wand. And then they also have dozens of other famous wizard wands, uh, you know, prop replicas from the films, uh, but those are all non-interactive. Um. And the the interesting thing about those interactive wands, no, before they came out, there was a lot of speculation. They would have uh, gyroscopes inside. They would have uh, RFID chips inside. None of that is true. Uh, It is is just a piece of resin. It's a fancy piece of plastic that the tip is a little uh, bit of infrared reflective glass uh, so that the, the camera that's installed in the window with the interactive effect is doing all the work. And all it is, is is sensing where the tip of that wand is. Uh, oh, right. But there's there's really uh, no fancy electronics. You never need to recharge your wand or change the battery. And, and uh, that was me thinking it was going to be the same sort of technology as my Chimera wand. So. Yeah. No, they're, they're actually, which is, I guess, how they're able to keep the uh, the purchase price down to only yeah. $45. Because yeah. I would have expected something like that to, you know, cost $100 easy. I, I will say that um, after the, the first few days, the initial rush, I see people with the wands, but you don't see line, you know, queues 20 people deep waiting to, to use the windows. You'll see a, a couple people hanging around a window. Yeah, on, on, but uh, on, it's been managed fairly well. On, on that same note, I haven't heard of anyone in any of the various forums that I, I occasionally visit actually saying anyone's playing Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom anymore. It's, it, is that still like I, fairly... In, in my experience, the the people were basically chased off by scary uh, annual pass holders who would uh, lurk around spots and uh, try to trade cards. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there are people who got really, really into that and... Uh, I, I think the the fervor of that has kind of died down. I don't know what those cards are worth on eBay anymore, but I, I kind of think they're the the pog or the uh, beanie baby. Of, it's it's of still av- it's still available, and, and you can still play it, can you? Or uh, last I checked, yeah, it was still there, but um, I I don't think it was. Uh, and, and I also very rarely see you know big crowds of people playing that uh, pirate interactive game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Disney's trying a lot of stuff with interactive things. They on Disneyland, they just started this new Frontierland game, which I tried reading the rules, and uh, it, it it made Monopoly look like shoots and ladders. <laughs> uh, so I, I I couldn't even understand it. But um, yeah, I know Disney's been trying a lot of this stuff. We'll we'll see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the ones. Yes. Out of all the ones you can get, do you know if I can mm-hmm. get Lucius? Because I've got to bring the money over with me. And I will be spending money on it. Can I get? Luci- they accept credit cards. Uh, uh, that's all right. Can I get Lucius Malfoy's I, I in, in the walking seen, cane? Oh, I. You know what? I I have seen a wand that's his, but I don't believe I've seen it with the cane. 
I don't know about that. Though, you know, a lot of those things you can also order online. Yeah. Um, you know, Warner Brothers, I know, has an online catalog, and, and so does Universal. Yeah, there's a few on eBay going. Yeah, you might, you, mm. e- even if you were able to get that, you might not want to try to explaining that to security, bringing it back <laughs> through the airport. At, at airports. No, <laughs> I don't know. They won't let you through, obviously, with sword sticks. Yeah, <laughs> no, they frown on that. But this, 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 this is a walking stick. What's he got inside it? A magic wand. Magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> Come to me. Yeah. Sir, it's... would you mind stepping over here for a moment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've, I've got a, so a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. I don't think they're really into my any gesture. So, <laughs> less than a bit scared by it. I don't know what I'll do. But when <sighs> it, last, time, last time I was in Universal, which was two years ago, I mean, they were, they were selling those wands like... You know, like they just couldn't get them in the bag and get their credit carded through the machine fast enough. Is that? Oh, they they can't keep them in stock. In fact, uh, over at Ollivander, the original Ollivander's in Hogsmeade, mm-hmm. about a week before uh, Diagon Alley even opened, they had to start selling the interactive wands there. And for a while, they were even selling them at the non-interactive price, simply because they were completely out of stock wow. of the old ones, and they just run out. And they, so they just they had to put the new ones on on the shelves before they even wanted to because they didn't have anything else to sell <laughs> good god yeah. good god oh dear, dear. so it's, it's worth visiting then uh, <gasps> if you like that kind yeah. of thing mm. yeah. it's I mean uh, Disney can do fantastic work when they want to there's a lot of really nice things in New Fantasyland Cars Land out in California is absolutely gorgeous but there's nothing like Diagon Alley outside of Tokyo Disney Sea. There's, there's just yeah. uh, it, Hogsmeade. It, it was a wonderful achievement, but it was kind of retrofitted into an existing area, and and uh, it was a fantastic improvement over what was there previously. But it's nothing like what they've done having a, a, a clean palette to work with at, uh, mm-hmm. at Diagon Alley. Um, it's it, it's almost a little disappointing or depressing to be in there for a few hours and then walk out and realize, oh, wait, I'm still in Universal Studios. There's the Simpsons ride, you know, because it's yeah. it's just completely this other world. And it's yeah. uh, a little sad to get back to reality. So mm-hmm. so, so I I haven't been to Universal. It, it, was, it was a good few years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, yeah, actually 10 years. Oh, so, wow. You will not recognize the place. I mean, no, so if, if the last time you were in Disney was 10 years ago... Yeah, everything's pretty much the same. If the last time you were at Universal, you, you won't know where you are. No, so I'm I'm trying to place, and I haven't really done too much research into where the original Wizarding World of Harry Potter fits. I remember the uh, Fire and Ice Dragon. Yes, exactly, and that is now called Dragon Challenge. Yeah, and I remember the um, oh god, who was the uh, Poseidon's Fury? Poseidon's Fury is still there, and yep. the Sinbad stunt show is oh, wow. still there. God help us, I don't know why. Okay. Uh, so that, that section is still intact. But uh, Harry Potter took over the area that was called Merlin Woods. So there was, uh, there was a restaurant called the Enchanted Oak Tavern, looked like a, a giant tree stump, uh, and the, that became uh, the Three Broomsticks. And uh, there was a little kiddie roller coaster called the Flying Unicorn, yep. and that became the Fly of the Hippogriff. And then, uh, you know, across the path from the uh, Flying Unicorn, which is where uh, was used to be backstage, uh, that's where Hogwarts Castle went. Oh, 
So, because yeah. I, I, I thought they'd, and I know this is old hat for a lot of listeners, but I thought they'd actually got rid of the whole Sinbad. I didn't even realize Sinbad was still there. Uh, oh no, they really, the Lost Continent, they pretty much just split it in, in thirds and, uh, and put uh, Harry Potter on just the medieval section of it. The Arabian section and the Greek section have been pretty much untouched. Mm. Um, now, the, the new uh, train station for the Hogwarts Express is butted yeah. right up against the Sinbad Stadium, and they uh, reworked the plaza around it to add more trees and smooth the transition between there and the Wizarding World. But the, uh, the talking fountain and the, the bazaar with the street vendors, all that's still there. They did... Thankfully, get rid of the cheesy carnival games. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, uh, what's next? Jurassic Park or Lord of the Rings? Uh, Lord of the Rings, I don't think is going to happen until the heirs of J.R.R. Tolkien have a change of heart. Um, I, I know, I believe it's the grandson or great-grandson is adamantly opposed to any projects that involve Peter Jackson and his version of The Lord of the Rings, uh, because it made billions of dollars, but apparently he doesn't like it. So, uh, but I can't imagine Universal wanting to build a version of Lord of the Rings that makes yeah. no reference to the films. So, until that's ironed out, I think uh, Lord of the Rings is on hold. Uh, the next thing you're going to see is going to be Kong, King Kong, uh, mm. the return of King Kong, which is going into part of what used to be Jurassic Park. Yep. You take a look on Twitter, uh, the iconic Jurassic Park entrance arch in between Toon Lagoon and Jurassic Park has been torn down mm. and uh, is likely being relocated a little bit up the path. So uh, basically now that when you uh, exit Toon Lagoon, you're going to be in a little uh, jungly section and you're going to have to choose whether to go right towards Jurassic Park or left towards Skull Island. And uh, the King Kong ride... I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to take some elements from the uh, King Kong 360 attraction that they have out in Hollywood and uh, blend it with some new dark ride uh, elements, uh, indoor and outdoor. Um, I think they're going to design it to be somewhat family friendly, uh, but uh, you're going to have a mix of both animatronics and 3D, uh, which is the direction that Universal is, is going. You know, I, I think pretty much everything you see Universal do is going to, Involve screens or 3D it, it, to some degree uh, going mm -hmm. forward because that's what they've been successful with. Yeah, yeah it works. I, 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 is it ever going to get to the stage where people are going to actually get bored with that kind of technology? I, you know, I think you hear a lot of that um, right now. Uh, you know, especially as movie theaters get bigger and better and you've mm. got a 3D cinema on every corner and now. I know uh, my local theater has D-Box, which is basically a little simulator seat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if people can go and, and, you know, spend 15 bucks at the local cinema, why are they spending 100 bucks for the, a similar thing in a theme park? So I think things like the Shrek, uh, their, their lifespan is limited. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at something like Transformers or Gringotts that takes the screens but also combines it with real sets and physical motion and effects. Mm. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to get that at home yet. Mm. And it really comes down to, is it a compelling experience? Uh, I think that theme park fans get really caught up in, you know, I like animatronics, I like 3D. The, the average guests, they just want, you know, to be told a, an exciting story, told in a thrilling way, see something they haven't seen before, feel something that they, they can't feel at home. 
and they're not really as concerned with you know well, was was that an animatronic or was that just a screen yeah yeah mm-hmm. i I'd, I'd like to just go around and say i'm in a theme park i don't want to have to queue for two hours and then put bleeding glasses on yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the day that they finally get rid of the glasses, yeah. that they can Ret- have, you know, true three D. Yeah, just just a laser beamed right into your eye. Um, <laughs> I, I will say my favorite thing about uh, about the Hogwarts Express ride is those those screens, those windows, because uh, they're not three D. And originally, there was some spe- speculation that they'd be some new kind of lenticular mm. glasses-free three D. Um, but I think what they did was almost more clever. Uh, because it's it's this kind of curved screen uh, and this very clever parallax motion in the video that really tricks your brain into thinking it's 3D even though it's flat. And no matter how close you push your face to that screen and try to see around the edges, you can never see the end. It just it seems to extend into infinity. And uh, it's really it's so much more effective than having to wear glasses that are going to obscure your vision and the other, you know, peripherally. Um, really one of the best parts of that attraction. Of, yeah. of, of all the ride attractions and thrill rides and fast rides and everything, it seems to be one of the more technologically advanced is now a steam train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and not even a real steam train because it's, it's pulled on pulleys. Uh, it's, it's a giant cable that pulls it back and forth. But, you know, it's, it's a really em- emotional attraction, and, and I don't use that word lightly. You know, there's, there's very few... You know, as an American, the you know great moments of Mr. Lincoln or the American Adventure, I get a little emotional about, or you know, the Muppets because yeah. I, I have a, a really deep kind of childhood attachment to the Muppets. But uh, we, we're going to introduce you to Je- to uh, to our friend uh, Josh then. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big Muppet fan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Hogwarts Express is one of those kind of things. Seeing the train pull into the station and billowing steam. And, you know, sitting in that cabin that looks just like what you've seen on, on the film and, and hearing, I'd say hearing the voices of the characters, but uh, some of the voices of the characters are not quite all there. Uh, that's the one flaw in the attraction. But it really, it's, you know, it's, it's not physically thrilling, but it really is, uh, you, be, you, you get uplifted by it. You come out of that feeling energized and, and, and feeling like, uh, you know, you really just kind of stepped into a dream for for a few minutes. Um, I, I saw more than one person on, uh, especially that first day of soft opening, when there were people who had stood outside for 25 days straight waiting for uh, some sort of soft opening, finally being let in and just bursting into tears at the sight of that train. It, 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 it's really yeah. moving. Yeah. So, so, so we've heard all about the uh, King's Cross Station sure. en- entrance and the, the special effects they're using to make it look like you're disappearing between yes. the platforms yes the pepper's uh, ghost yeah what's the uh, what's the hogsmeade end hogsmeade's a little plain honestly um uh, as you walk in uh you know there's a little um kind of stone uh entryway uh with a booth where you can conveniently upgrade your ticket to a park to park pass in case you were silly enough to only buy a one park ticket uh, you've got a long meandering pathway that's wooded, does a, a fairly nice job of shielding you from the Sinbad Stadium next door. Yep. And then you've just got a, a series of switchbacks uh, that aren't even really air-conditioned. Uh, you've got some fans blowing on you and some shade. Uh, but honestly, uh, it, it's, it's very plain and boring. There's a little bit of background music, but there's no special effects or anything to look at and uh you walk up a staircase onto the platform and and you're right there uh it's it's a it's 
you know, it's it's there's a reason why it typically have shorter weights at that end than they do at the King's Cross end. Though surprisingly, neither end has much of a weight. Most of the day, ten to twenty minutes at most, and you can hop right on. Yeah. Mm. Does does Hogsmeade look like the Hogsmeade Station? Um, well, you know, they show two different versions of it in the films, at least. Um, it changes from film to film. Um, the exterior does look like some exterior shots. Uh, the interior, uh, like when you're on the platform, uh, you know, you don't see the woods around you. Uh, what you do see is the tops of uh, the giant freaking roller coaster. Um, it's hard for it to be too authentic when there's yeah. giant, you know, steel tracks. Right next door, um, mm. and it's, that's a bit distracting. Uh, my favorite, my favorite actor from the films is uh, Ivana Lynch, who plays Luna Lovegood. Yeah, because consistently every time that she's in town for you know a celebration event or a grand opening, she always makes a point of pointing out how stupid it is that there's a giant steel roller coaster right in the middle of Hogsmeade. Um, I love her for that. Yeah. It's, it's true, you know. Maybe maybe there will be a Harry Potter Phase Three uh, that I've heard whispers about, uh, and uh, Dragon Challenge will will go the way of the Dodo and be replaced by a, a, an attraction uh, that's fully themed. Um, uh, but uh, and, and for and now, we got to put and up features three D glasses and projection. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I I I going back to that. I, I love three D. Um, I, I even want to convince my wife to let me buy a 3D television, which she steadfastly <laughs> refuses. Um, but I would like to see Universal build another uh, family-friendly dark ride based on animatronics uh, in the spirit of E.T. Um, I think they could really use another attraction. that You don't need glasses. You don't need a seat belt. That uh, you can just go and, and have detailed sets and figures to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would be all for that. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost like it's starting to aim at a completely different market as those start moving away. But yeah, yeah, the, the markets mm-hmm. are different. So yeah, well, so, I mean, people people are less patient today. I don't think that you could build a uh, you know a fifteen minute slow moving dark ride like uh, it's a small world or Pirates of the Caribbean today, no. especially if it didn't have a, a hot movie intellectual property associated with it and, and have, have people, um, you know, queue up for it. Uh, I, Universal tried that in, uh, Singapore with a Madagascar boat ride and got yeah. very mediocre reviews because it wasn't thrilling enough. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You, you've been there. I oh, wrote, you have. I, I, I rode Madagascar and I was, just, yeah, it's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Um, I spent most of my time singing, I like to move it, move it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, might, I might have to swallow some cyanide. <laughs> that could be even worse than uh, it's a small world after all. <coughs> oh, dear. I mean, God. If, yeah, if, if Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride, had followed Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie... Mm-hmm. It would probably be a completely different ride. And that's, I think, what you're going to see in Shanghai, from what I hear. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. See what they've done for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about what about Disney, then? Where do you think they need to go? or what is there anything that you've heard that excites you about the future for Disney? Uh, you know, honestly, at this point, Disney is a hotel company uh, and, a, and a timeshare company with the, the theme parks as a bonus. 
Um, uh. And that's, I mean, that's what works for their business model. Uh, the truth is, as fast as Universal is growing, uh, 2% growth for Disney basically equals 15% growth for Universal. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's like the Titanic. When a ship gets moving, that big gets moving in a certain direction, even mm. an iceberg isn't going to get it to turn fast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think, yes, I want to see Disney start churning out a new e-ticket every year the way Universal has, has promised to do and, and is going to continue to do probably right up through the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. Um, first, though, I, I'd like to see Disney, uh, you know, invest in their infrastructure, um, which is what they're doing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of maintenance that needs to be done. And... Um, while it's not as bad as it was during the dark years, uh, you know, uh, towards the tail end of Eisner's era, um, there's there's still, you know, the spit and polish, the 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 perfect cleanliness, the every light bulb is is on, hmm. uh, isn't what it used to be when I was a kid. And yeah. I think part of the magic of Disney, you know, isn't necessarily having a hot new ride every year, but it's that knowing that all the trash is is picked up, and you know everything is painted and that you're not seeing, uh, uh, you know, wood rot. Um, so I, you know, I think projects like the remaking of the hub in the magic kingdom, uh, in the long term, I, I hope that that pays off. Uh, the, the only thing that I hope is that they try to respect their heritage and, um, and honor their traditions as they do those kind of things. Um, the Polynesian Hotel was, was a, a big favorite of mine for a long time. And it, it's a little bit sad to me seeing what's being done to the interior of that and how, you know, there's no longer a view from Sunset Point because there's DVC cottages in the way and there's no longer going to be a oh, giant waterfall and rainforest in the, in the lobby. Um, so, you know, I, I want to see them pay attention to their infrastructure while still uh, maintaining that nostalgia that, people come back to Disney for because on, honestly people are not coming back to Disney for the Disney of today they're coming back to Disney for the Disney of 20 years ago yeah. um, and that's fine for now uh, but I'm afraid that unless they start aggressively competing um, then 20 years from now mm. parents are going to be bringing their kids back to Universal uh, not to Disney yeah that's a, that's a very very honest point yeah mm -hmm. it's a yeah. But I, at the same time, you know, I I can't name a single character from Avatar, but I'll be there in 2017 when it opens to see uh, <laughs> to see what they're able to do with it. Um, yeah. I just hope it doesn't open in 17 phases uh, like New <laughs> Fantasyland. Seven Dwarves was a really fun ride. Uh, I've, I've been on it a bunch of times. I enjoy it. My wife loved it. She she doesn't like big roller coasters, but uh, mm -hmm. she was a fan of that. Um, but you know. The question is: Is it worth the wait? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the money? Is it is it worth the uh, distraction from other projects getting done? Mm. Um, so, you know, that if if Bob Iger comes out and announces Star Wars Land and uh, you know uh, makeovers at, at the other parks, and uh, then I'll be right back on board. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, are you party to any of those rumors? Of Star Wars Land, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm probably party to a lot of the same rumors that you guys have heard. Um, you know, I, I know that th there are plans. I know people who have worked on plans. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, no plans have been approved uh, yeah. as of yet, or at, at least if they have, it, it hasn't leaked out yet. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, they might be waiting to see what happens with Star Wars 7 to try to decide whether whatever they do is going to be focused on the new movies or focused on the classic films. Mm. I know which one I'm hoping for. As long as they skip over the prequels, I'm fine. As long as there is no Jar Jar Binks, yeah, I'm all good. Sure. I, I was trying to think what ride you would possibly put him onto and yeah. then avoid. <laughs> <laughs> A spinner ride so everyone can throw up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Misa's so dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, blimey. that's the time. Oh, good grief. Um, anyway... Thank you very much, Seth, for joining us. Oh, yep. fantastic. We're done already. This was I, easy. It, it, I thought we'd be here at least six hours. I, 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 <laughs> this isn't Gringotts, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, speaking of which, I think that's where we're gonna, I'm going to head right now. Hopefully I can get oh, a ride before they person. close tonight. I, I, I'm going to head straight to bed, probably. No, actually, no, I've got to head out. <laughs> Go in and pick my case up. So. Croatia. Here I come. Well, this has been fantastic. Uh, we have to have me on again. We, we didn't even talk, ridiculously enough, about the beers at uh, Diagon Alley. So, oh, that, I mean, that true. could be a whole other uh, episode. Well, I think I'm going to wait until uh, Soap Dish's broadband taxi is, is bringing him back into the bar. Mm -hmm. At which point, then, yeah, he'd love to talk Potter and beers with you. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yes. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll have our own experience in about six weeks of those beers. I certainly look forward to it. Mm -hmm. forward assuming to this, uh, assuming this podcast doesn't get you a flurry of zero stars on iTunes, we'll have to do this again sometime. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Even if it does, we don't really care. Yeah, we'll still be back. <laughs> if, if anyone you get paid us... the same either way. Yeah, if, if anyone right. wants to give us zero stars, at least it shows up in the iTunes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. If, even zero star reviews affect the rating. It's all good. No <laughs> such thing as bad publicity. That's right. Damn straight. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you for. Um, do you want to remind us again where people can find you? Sure. Uh, at S-K-U-B-E-R-S-K-Y on Twitter, touringplans.com, and orlandoweekly.com. And just say hi when you're in the parks. Run into me. <sighs> Will do. You're the, you're the one with hair and a beard. <laughs> yeah. Or I, lately I've been hiding my hair under my uh, Hogwarts Express conductor cap because I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if anyone sees me in the park, as I said, I'm the one who looks a bit like Mad Eye Moody before 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, after that, I, I don't know. I, I, if I'm in a bad mood, I look like Fluffy. So. I'm the one that sounds a bit like Professor McGonagall. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and Nick's not here, so I could go down the Warwick Davis route. But... <laughs> Ooh. I, anyway, uh, how can they find us? Well, here on this podcast. If, you so don't, they, yeah. if they don't know how to find us, what are they doing listening to us? Yeah, if you found us. Anyway, <laughs> if you if you want to communicate with us, um, our website is www.disafterdark.com or you can email us at podcast.disafterdark.com. Go on, Paul. See if you I, remember the rest of it. I, uh, Twitter at disafterdark. Facebook.com disafterdark. Uh, Micechat.com. YouTube, Instagram, and all the rest. Yep, and don't forget to give us an iTunes review. Preferably not zero stars. But, you know, if you feel the need to. But yeah. feedback would be appreciated. Yeah. Tell us what you want, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, indeed. Well, that's it. At this point, I, I press a button and play some music.
Um, thank you very much for joining us, dear listener. We shall speak to you all in two weeks' time. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others.